Welcome to the Penny and Pops podcast. He's Spencer Penny Strode. I'm Adam Pops Papa Giorgio. The Raptors are up 3-1 in the series, but you know what? How appropriate would it be for this season's Magic Squad to steal a Game 5 in Toronto? Let's go. Alright, we will get to magical moments later on. It's good news, because we could use some good news, because unfortunately, Penny, we are on the uh, wrong end of a 3-1 to one, uh, situation in this series. But we'll dive into uh, Game 3 and Game 4, kind of our experiences, being either at the game or watching from TV or other weird situations that happened during the weekend. So let's just dive in, get the Band-Aid ripped off. So Game 3, Magic lose 98-93. Uh, usually I take rain as a, as a good omen. My exhibit A has always been the, uh, game seven from the 1995 Eastern Conference final series against the Indiana Pacers, where we just slaughtered them on our way to getting to the finals. Didn't quite work out this time. It was raining real bad. Uh, whatever watch party the magic had planned outside of Amway center for game three got nixed, turned into two indoor parties at magic grill and Harry Buffalo. I'm going to change it up a little bit. I want to just go through the box score real quick in this game. So, again, Magic lose 98-93. And, well, Pascal Siakam absolutely brutalized us with the 30 points and 11 rebounds. Kawhi Leonard, who I guess he was sick. That's what the excuse is. But he was 5 of 19 from the field. With They still ended up with 16 points and 10 rebounds. The Raptors, they didn't really shoot it that well at the end of it all. I mean, 45%, 11 of 28, three-pointers, not fan, not fantastic, 39%. Um, yeah, but then you look at the Magic, you know, it's it's kind of been the story of the series where Vooch couldn't get it going when he did. It was in the third quarter, basically, and just a lot of... A lot of no-shows. Vooch, he had those 22 points, 14 rebounds, 6 assists, and 3 blocks, which... One good stat that Magic, the Magic PR Twitter account came out with was that stat line that Vooch had for Game 3 made him the only Magic player in Magic his, his, playoff history to tally that. The other person to do it was Shaquille O'Neal back in the NBA Finals 95 against Houston where he had 26-16-9-3 in an obvious losing effort because we got swept in that series. But about the only good news Vooch has heard in these four games so far, and maybe it, it's probably not going to get better moving forward, but who knows. I've, I've been surprised before with, with this team and, and, and situations like this. But the Magic shot 13 of 44 on threes, not good at all. 36% from the field in, in total, absolutely terrible. I mean, when you, your second best score, well, Terrence Ross had 24 off the bench, 8 of 17 shooting. 5 of 13 on threes. He he was actually shooting the ball that night. Uh, and then Isaac, 14 points, 7 rebounds. And then the only other guy to score double figures was Aaron Gordon with 10. You know, Fournier and Augustine. Fournier's god-awful 1 uh, of 12 shooting. Uh, had Saw him have 7 points. And he's he's probably he's probably looked worse than Vooch this series. And you can kind of dive in into here. We'll, we'll we'll talk about game three a little bit more spread out. But I mean, just your your thoughts just initially after that game three. 
Well, I, I mean, I think the most frustrating thing is that the Magic haven't played a great game uh, in any of the games in this series, but especially in Game 3, they they cobbled together enough to play just well enough to win the game. Uh, and it's, it's incredibly frustrating watching... Um, you know, I think a lot of people wanted more time on the court for Isaac. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. And they, and they wanted Isaac on the floor in place of Evan Fournier. Yeah, so we'll, we'll talk about it. But, I mean, Isaac only plays 29 minutes in a game where Siakam plays 41, 42 minutes. And, you know, if you have Aaron Gordon actually shadowing Kawhi Leonard, why can't you have Isaac doing the same thing with Siakam? Because fouls weren't really an issue in this game at all. He only had two fouls in the game, did Isaac. And yeah, no so, foul trouble in game three. But And obviously, you know, defensively, he's head and shoulders above what Evan Fournier is going to give you just based on biology and uh, anatomy as a starting point. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but but I, that goes back to, and I hate to, to bail out Clifford here because it's, it's god-awful frustrating to watch as a fan, mm-hmm. but that goes back to the flawed construction of the team where you're looking for someone to be a playmaker and Isaac's not there offensively yet. No, Is Fournier a good playmaker? No, not great. He's not a playmaker. But, he, he, well, he's well, he's. He, I mean, he's a shot creator for himself. Right. But I mean, when I hear playmaker, I'm thinking more along the lines of you know a floor general, like kind yeah. of like a Hito Turkoglu type of guy who he can actually pass the ball. And outside of DJ Augustine on on the team as it presently stands, to have a guy with the ball in his hand. Evan Fournier is the second best option that we have to to make plays in the down the stretch of a game. And after you watch him for 36 minutes consistently uh, hold on to it too long and then pick out the wrong guy to try and throw it to after he's picked up his dribble and been you yeah. know, trapped. Or after you watch him go one for eight on three-point attempts or whatever it ended yeah. up being. Yeah, it was one for eight. Yeah. You're right. I mean, uh, it's frustrating and it's frustrating that after seven years of the rebuild that there's not a better option to go to either. Well, and we'll dive into this a little bit later as well, but look, this is what we wanted when it came to a playoff series. You wanted to evaluate your guys in a situation like this because the regular season clearly does is not an indication of playoff basketball. Vooch is finding that out right now. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And... Fournier again. He may. He's probably having a worse series than Vooch now at this point because at least Vooch kind of salvaged himself for Game Three. I know Evan. He shot a little bit better earlier in the series, but we'll anyway. We'll dive into it. So, really rainy Friday night. Really bad storms. There was tornadoes north of us, etc. So that kind of put an interesting mood to, to the evening. Uh, they did bring back the blue and white ignite, where half of the Amway Center was in blue shirts, the other half was in white shirts. Good with that. Keep sticking with that. You don't like the slogan necessarily, but I do like the shirt layout. Yeah. <laughs> I like a free shirt. <laughs> I ended up with two free shirts that night. There you go. Both of them were extra large, unfortunately. They uh, they couldn't sneak in a medium or a, uh, or a medium or a large in there. So, But Gina Marie and Candela, who periodically over the past few years has come back to, do the, uh, to sing the national anthem, but was mostly renowned for her uh, 2009 NBA playoffs run, where at the age of seven, she sang about seven or eight national anthems, I want to say, and won all but one of them, which was the one finals, uh, right. loss, well, one of the finals losses that we had against the Lakers. So, but she's either 16 or 17 now, and she's 
she's an amazing singer. She's she's just not out there just for like a lucky charm or anything. She's out there because the girl can sing. So I'm, I'm assuming it's going to be a career path for her. If it is, good luck. But uh, Uncle Jack Turner, Jeff Turner's uh, uncle, I guess we'll say. He, uh, the, otherwise known as the Dancing Usher at Magic Games, he did the Canadian National Anthem. He's done the U.S. Anthem before. Most Magic fans don't know that, but good now, voice. Now, you were at the game. I was not at the game, and they did not show the anthems on TV. Did Even was, on the Fox Sports Florida one, feed? Was, was he flossing while he saw? No, 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 no. No, no flossing, okay. no... Uh, no, no shout type mo- movements no, at all. all. Right. He he took it professionally, and he's Committed got a great to the voice. Vocals, yeah, I'm, I want to say the man's been in a barbershop quartet. I don't know, but <laughs> the man the man can sing, so good for him. But so you know the the outdoor watch party did get ruined for anybody that you know couldn't afford to go to the game, at least for game three, game four. I'll get to that as well later. But for game three, so I paid ninety five dollars to be in the founder suite, a founder suite, which is. In this situation, it was just above the last row in the uh, lower bowl, behind the basket, near the magic bench. Okay. So I can't complain. I was in there with about 24 other folks, and getting in the lower bowl for under 100 bucks, really good deal because we know people that paid more for their seats. Um, yeah. But I and I like to stand. I'm not much of a sitter. I like standing. I like walking. Like stand. yeah. uh, so I got to stand in the suite the entire game and. Yeah, it's right up my alley. Sure. So now you watching on TV, were they able to show any of the magic hype videos or intro videos? Or did you at least see some of them that were on Twitter leading into game three? Uh, I just thought they were okay. They did release a couple of the videos, but none of them were as good as like that game one Fox Sports Florida intro or as Pat Williams talking. Um no in arena uh, presentation, pregame presentation was shown on, on the TV telecast. That's disappointing. They should have done it for at least the first home game in the series. So the Magic's actual starting lineup intro, they uh, they played. Uh, if anyone, they basically stole Orlando City's intro that they play for every game with their players. So anyone that's either been to Orlando City game, home game or uh, this season or has, has seen Deadpool two <laughs> and like the climactic action scene. They know what song I'm talking about, so I feel like they could have been more creative or done a little bit better with it. It's fine. It's not. A, it's whatever. We we can talk about beats per minute or like the, the actual like amp amplitude and whatever. But we whatever. It's fine. The mat, the crowd was great though at the very start. You said on TV. I think on TV that it sounded really good out of the gate. I can't judge for how it went on further into the game just because in that suite, you're kind of in a bunker basically where you have a ceiling right above you. Uh, there's nothing to the side of you. You're pretty much just looking outside of the of the box. So it sounded fine. I don't think it was as good as game four in 2012, but I, it's whatever. I, everyone seems pleased with it, so I'm not going to complain. And most Magic fans at the game were pretty happy with it. So I got no complaints with that. Few Magic uh, ex Magic players were at the game. Jameer Nelson sat courtside. Steve Francis, Jason White, Chocolate Williams, and Mo Spates were all uh, at the game. Tracy McGrady was there as well. He helped David and Jeff call that second quarter. He was sitting courtside. There's that little tiff he's got with Evan Fournier on social media. So that could be why Fournier shat himself and pl- had a terrible game three. Yeah, I, was I don't know. You, I was surprised in that second quarter. He was very complimentary of Fournier and. Uh, was imploring the Magic to get him going. Little did he know that that would be impossible. 
Yeah, and I guess that that's him just being, I guess, nice or professional, maybe. I'm sure, like I said, on the jump, I don't know if he's been, we're recording this Monday night, I don't know if he's been on the jump yet, but I'm sure there could be some conversation in regards to that. But, so first quarter, it's not, those starts have not been friendly to the Magic, not since, uh, and even game one, we didn't get off to a good no. start. We haven't gotten a good start, you know, game one, game two, game three, same story, 10-0 Raptors run out of the gate before Isaac had a put-back dunk off an AG miss. Just the theme of the night, it's just the Magic were playing catch-up all night, and they kept playing catch up and playing catch up and they had a few time chances to really uh really take control of the game or steal it at the end but we didn't quite get there but th- that first quarter Isaac is literally keeping us afloat on both ends in the game that kid had a really really great start on both ends uh Vooch like most of the series looked very overwhelmed yeah and it's just the same thing where he's just not making good decisions i don't care if he's not taking shot attempts he's not moving the ball at all and so, you know, it, it looked really bad when he, you know, he had Lowry in the post and he's, just, he's not backing him down at all. Right. Uh, Siakam three put Toronto up 18 to seven. Magic kind of get it going with the Wandu Isaac. And Vooch does get it going because Serge Ibaka checks in late yeah. into the first quarter. Uh, and so the Magic are only down 26 21 uh, after one quarter. Magic are right there, only down 33 31 midway through the, through the second quarter. Kyle Lowry's flailing and flopping worse than Carlos Delfino and Jose Calderon did in the 08 series. Uh, you can say I'm wrong or not, or you can at least agree that Kyle Lowry, I don't know how he hasn't gotten a fine yet at this point, but it's, there's some blatant shit. There's some blatant stuff. It's like a immersion therapy for the referees. You see so much of it that eventually you have to call one of them, right? I don't know. It's frustrating to watch as a Magic fan for sure. But then Fooch, whatever momentum he had got going against Ibaka, just immediately lost it once Gasol came in. Uh, the Magic were down 41-38 after Ross hit a three. It was about 3.30 to go until the half. And the Magic, a few times in this game, are in the bonus. And they're in the bonus fairly early in quarters. And they just never quite could take advantage of it, either missing free throws or just not getting to the free throw line enough. Right. And... I don't know what we what we credit that to because the Raptors they're all about getting their hands into everything so they weren't not fouling so either the Magic just weren't getting into the paint enough or the refs just kind of didn't didn't call shit but I don't know it's it's a it's been a frustrating weekend at this point from a Magic perspective indeed but uh, I, I mean in my notes throughout I just note how Fournier is just playing terribly either he's he's choking on his shots or just the ball's just sticking in his hand and he's killing the momentum of every 24 second play clock well not only the killing the momentum offensively but when every possession for the magic is such a struggle to generate a good shot opportunity and we finally do it and then we hit it which is its own separate issue (laughs) and we're trying to build you know either uh build momentum or swing momentum yeah and then you come back down after working that hard to get a score and you decide to just walk away from Danny Green, and he's not even providing actual, you know, help on the ball. He's just wa- he's just fake helping yeah. and leaving a, a wide open corner three point shooter yeah. open in the corner. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's baffling. And, it's and Clifford, pretty bad. you can see him losing his shit too. Then take him out. I, yeah. I mean, that's that's the other thing. It's Clifford's inflexibility with his player rotations, or at least his play play or player minutes, it hasn't worked out so far. And 
I don't know. It it could it, it could be an issue in another playoff series down the line if we get eliminated. If if we get into the playoffs next year, it could be a, a problem where if we start seeing this again with player rotations, this this will be an issue. But I'm just gonna let Clifford off the hook for right now. Uh, again, the Magic were doing this thing where they just kept clawing back and they're down one, and then all of a sudden the Raptors go up six. Right. But uh, one good theme out of this was. Buzzer beater, long three-point shot. So we were due. Isaac strips Kawhi. Ross takes it with about three and a half seconds left to go in the half and makes a glorious half-court three at the buzzer. Huge momentum play going at the half. You're only down 48, 45 at the break. Magic were only shooting six to 22 on threes. I'm feeling good. They Still got them. Feel good. They got the amazing Sladek doing the halftime act. You know him stacking the chairs and getting the sandstorm music going at the end of the half. You know, it's. I was feeling. I was feeling good. Uh, where would you rank? Well, you don't have to rank him, but I rank him third, probably behind Red Panda and Quick Change. I've you can make arguments for the uh, frisbee dogs or the little kids that play basketball at halftime. See, but... I like Quick Change to me, obviously, is number one, and Red Panda. Once you see it a couple times, I feel like you've seen it all. Yeah, I I think I would go Quick Change one. Yeah. I I am still excited by that, no matter how many times I've seen that. Yeah, but you know who I miss? Who the Beale Street Flippers? You remember them? I feel like they come back every once in a still? while. I think they're. I mean, I'm sure it's not some of the original guys that from when we were watching them, but um, I think they still exist. All so right. that's that's a good call well, as keep well. Keep my eye out. But the third quarter starts. Gasol picks up his fourth foul on a Vooch drive, and in comes Ibaka. Vooch just kind of keeps it going against Kawhi and Lowry on switch-offs. I, mean, I remember Vooch getting two nice buckets against Lowry and Kawhi, and that's what gets them going in the third quarter, basically. Uh, another theme that I wasn't very pleased with was Tony Brothers and the officiating crew took away multiple and-ones from us they did. and replaced them with uh, on-the-floor calls. Yeah, side out of bounds. And Raptors fans were complaining, and they've been complaining the whole series about how the Magic are getting more free-throw attempts or... The Raptors aren't getting enough free throw attempts. But there's a few things going on there. One of those is, the main one is the Raptors, and they're defending. If you're going to go in and put your hands in and everything, you're going to get your hand caught in the cookie jar, and there's going to be whistles because of that. Yeah, they're a not every team. Not every defensive play is going to be a steal or a turnover. Okay? So, uh, just uh, Raptors fans are kind of kind of a little spoiled right now. But let, let them be happy. Till we come back and win four three, but uh, so Vooch does hit a massive three to cut the Toronto lead to fifty seven fifty six with about seven minutes to go in the third, and then out of the timeout, Vooch hits another three, which briefly gives the Magic their first lead of the game. And that was the most excited that Paul Porter's been in seven years. I retweeted that yeah. Twitter video that somebody had uh, that had put up, and my God, he held that Vucevic forever. <laughs> He I did all he could. How many, he did all he could. How many names has, has, <laughs> has Paul Porter ever said longer than Vucevic than he did on that three, man? God, Paul wanted the that so bad. The poor bastard just got through the, the lightning sweep, yeah. and this is how we repay him I, with that performance. I, I'll tell you what. I, it was so loud, I didn't even hear Paul Porter's calls on either Vooch three. So clearly the crowd's doing something at this point. Uh, Vooch gets MVP chance at the free throw line with the magic and the bonus. Deserved in the third quarter. Though. In the third quarter, he deserved. He got it a few times in the second half. Uh, Vooch puts the magic up 61-60 with 5.37 to go, and then uh, Toronto goes on their 16-0 run. 
Yeah. And, you know, Clifford tried to stop it with a timeout when it was 9 nothing, Not happening. Danny Green was just owning our guards on both ends. I mean, Danny Green, ever since he they put him on DJ Augustine late in game one, even though we won game one, it's been a problem. Yeah. And this is where DJ, he's limited. You can't expect much more from him. He's doing about all he can in this situation, I feel like. And this is where you need... I feel like we haven't taken advantage of whoever Lowry's guarding. I agree. And I don't know. And they, the Raptors have done a really good job of just rotating everybody in general. Do you feel Because there's some plays where Lowry's on Vooch. He's, and then sometimes he's on Isaac or Fournier or AG. And it's, just, it's spread out very much. Part of that's just they're switching defense, right. etc. But I think they're doing they've done a pretty good job of hiding Lowry. And not to say Lowry's a terrible defender, but he's not a good defender. Uh, Aaron throws up a few questionable fading shots during this run, and this is where AG, he's he's shooting 50% for the series right now. And so he's had an overall good series four games in, but just during this run, it was very noticeable some of the uh, the off-balance, uh, low-quality shots he was taking during well, this stretch. I, it's a product of uh, inexperience a little bit still, but it's also a product of being... Frankly, I'm busting my ass on the defensive end every minute of every game, and probably watching Fournier would uh, yeah <laughs> uh, lead to a little bit of frustration on the offensive end. That when I get the ball again, it's probably not going to leave my hands, and I'm going to create something on my own. Which again, not the style of play that the Magic need to have to succeed, but understandable from a human level. Yeah. So the Magic do chip away a little bit. They're down seventy six fifty uh, seventy six sixty five entering the fourth. Ibaka decided to wake up early in the fourth. Uh, we, you know, you get that hype with the Star Wars intro going in the fourth. The Magic fans are up for it, and then Surge just kind of kills us with, yeah. with a few jumpers that he hits. The Magic are down fifteen, and you just feel the energy is just kind of leaving the arena at this point. Uh, give Magic fans credit; they they stuck in it. I didn't see anyone leave early. I didn't see anyone leave the game until there was about a minute left, and they shouldn't have left with a minute no. left because of how the game would end. But uh, MCW, it's it's really getting bad for him in this, this series, especially these last two home games. Uh, Norman Powell, he's been key both in Game Three and Game Four. He went from doing absolutely nothing to he's he's been yeah. a very valuable guy off that Toronto bench. You had a feeling that he was going to do just enough to be a pain in the ass. Uh, Lowry hits a big three to put the Raptors up seventeen with about seven and a half to go, and Kind of felt like it might have been over, and then Terrence Ross hits a three. Ag gets fouled. The Magic are in the bonus with six oh nine to go in the fourth. And again, you feel like if you can just get to the line and make free throws, which Ag split the pair on that. But anyway, the Magic were down eighty eight seventy eight at that stretch, and you feel like, all right, you got a shot here. Uh, I hated that Isaac came out for Fournier. We really, really, really needed Ji's help on defense, and you've kind of pointed it out already, but. Just seeing Danny Green, just seeing anyone that Fournier is either guarding or helping kind of get away from him and just causing havoc, either getting an open shot or creating an open shot for somebody or weaving through the paint and just leaving all that space and Fournier's not following. Well, you can't fault him for his lack of athletic ability and not that he's not super athletic. He's a pretty athletic, athletic guy, man. The two things that you can fault him for are lack of awareness, either leaving his guy or turning his head on the guy or... The straight line drives where, I mean, just it's 
he's just sidestepping yeah. and you, there's no help behind it all so it's just it's killer i i justified it the i justified it with thinking that look you got Ross out there, but you really need Evan to hit shots at this point if you really want to complete the comeback. And you know what? The Magic do get a few stops. Fournier hits a three. The Magic are down 92-85 with 3.54 to the game. We're down 94-90 with a minute 45 to go. Kawhi drives. This is the uh, the controversial uh, play Seven here. Step. Travel or yeah. non-call travel. So Kawhi drives. He clearly takes three steps before Evan even touches the ball. Right. And then he does like a weird spinning skip hop to get out of it. And then he kicks out the Siakam, who then blows by Evan for the shot put finish over AG to make it 96-90. Really important missed call. Yeah. And the NBA two-minute report that came out the next day showed it was a missed call. They called it a held ball, which would have been a jump ball, which, no. I'm sorry. That's a freaking travel. Yeah, it was. So, anyway. Still not over. Ross... Hits a three, cuts the deficit to three with less than a minute to go, and now finally everybody in the arena is standing. One of my complaints, not enough standing in this game from the crowd. The man likes to stand. Um, and then the biggest sequence of the night. I gave you the controversial foul of the night, but this is the biggest sequence of the night. Kawhi takes a pull-up, front rims it. The ball jumps for far enough off the rim where Vooch has no chance to, to corral it. Ross... Went in to crash at the rim from the from the right baseline side, but it goes past him, and he kind of delays to react, and that delay kind of didn't help. But at the end of the day, it pretty much come down to Augustine and Lowry who are going to go get that ball. Maybe Fournier has a shot because he's right there as well, but DJ's body movement is going one way, away from the basket. He's like It's like he's going on a break to... Either he's trying to get it, he's leaking out, I guess. And by the time he tries to recover, it's way too late. Lowry's darting to the ball. He grabs it. Lowry immediately hot potatoes it to Kawhi in a smart manner. Kawhi gets fouled. Kawhi hits free throws. And yeah, he, he buries both. The Magic go down by five with 12 seconds to go. Ball game. Ross misses a three. Fournier misses a three. Raptors. Wait, Fournier missed a three? <laughs> yeah. Is that? Oh. Uh, missed threes have been a big problem for the Magic in both these two home losses. Uh, I'm going to blame Game 3 on Alex Martins inviting Florida Governor Ron DeSantis to the game, as well as the Magic wearing white. Uh, white's just not been kind to us. Not and this year. I also wasn't happy that after the horn, Jameer Nelson comes out onto the court and kind of has a big smile and daps up Kyle Lowry. And look, I know there's like a there's the Philly connection thing there, but I I kind of don't like the, seeing that, especially when Jameer's like the guest of the game going into it. Uh, the attendance it was nineteen thousand three hundred sixty-seven, which is the second largest crowd in Amway Center history. Again, Magic fans showed up. I didn't see many Raptor fans. I only saw maybe a hundred, two hundred tops. I thought it'd be a lot more. Pleasantly surprised. So, go Magic on that. So that's enough of Game Three. Moving on to Game Four, Magic. They lose that 107.85, and that was painful. That was. I did everything I could. I had every trick in the back in my back pocket for this game, and I I couldn't do it. I I, just, I couldn't pull it out, man. Um, you know. Well, first off, you and I at least enjoyed Orlando City uh, soccer victory Saturday afternoon, which yeah, that we, was fun. Good weather, fantastic weather, and it it held up pretty well going into Sunday evening as well. But yeah, the Magic lost one hundred seven eighty five. Pretty much, you look at the second and fourth quarters. The Raptors took the second quarter thirty to sixteen. They took the fourth twenty five to fifteen. Killer quarters. 
Uh, you look at the box score, Kawhi Lowry or Kawhi Leonard. I guess he was not feeling great for Game Three because he had 34 points on 12 of 20 shooting in Game Four. Norman Powell, motherfucker, 16 yeah. points. And Serge Ibaka, he, this is by far his most engaging game of the series. He had a very efficient 13 points on 5 of 6 shooting. The Raptors shot 53% from the field. And again, not a, not a super big shooting percentage from th- the three-point line, behind the three-point line, 11 to 28. Mm-hmm. But they just freaking killed us. Uh, just too many easy ba- baskets. And... I don't know what the Magic are going to have for Game 5, but we'll, we'll, we'll get into Game 4 a little bit right now. But again, I'm going to blame this loss on the, uh, on the Magic white jerseys. I, I, was, I was going to go into this calling this the Gina Maria Candela redemption game. That did not pan out. No. Uh, I, I did everything I could. I, I went to my Greek Orthodox church. I wore my purple uh, watch that I usually that I wear for Orlando City matches sometimes, and usually it works out. I did a lap around Lake Eola before the game. I I I was wearing my black penny uh, pinstripes jersey. No uh, no free T-shirt over me because I didn't go to the game. Obviously, I was I was I went to the uh, Amway Center watch party. Yeah. And then I saw there was about a dozen people, and then I left that and joined a birthday party at Harry Buffalo, which well, that wasn't much better, but. Uh, I even found a penny on the ground, though, on my way to the watch party. Heads up, and it's that still should have been. That was not. It was not it, enough. I, again, everything lined up perfectly, and then it just didn't. Because, I mean, I felt good. Like first quarter, the Magic seven zero run to open the game. It's their by far their best start in the series. Was that seven zero run? Like Vooch opened the game and hit a jumper, and I'm thinking, all right, finally getting it together. And that's the thing that they didn't take advantage of. And obviously, the turnovers were a central theme throughout that game. And throughout seventeen the turnovers. I feel like they've had seventeen turnovers in each of these four right. games almost. But when you're when you're off to that hot start for it to only and I I don't remember what it ended up being now, mm-hmm. but seven zero that should have been you know the the underdog. Home game, game three, game four, where you get that lift from the crowd. That's yeah. got to be like a fifteen to two start, that where you you have a little bit of margin of error to play yeah. with, and the Raptors made it up just like that. Well, and it, it they didn't really get much of a lead after that start. Like it was de- like Isaac picks up two fouls, he that checks the, out. That changed everything. Which again, yeah. Isaac picking up two fouls, really really bad news for us in these games. Yeah, but he checked out. We were only up eleven to seven. We were 6-6 six six from the field, but because of turnovers and just very uh, undisciplined errors, yeah. the Raptors stuck with us. And then Toronto goes on a 17-4 run. They lead us 18-3, or 18-13, and yeah, I'm not feeling too good at that point. No. You look at the Magic, they got very little from their bench. I mean, Ken Birch, I don't count him because he doesn't get touches ever, but Ken Birch, I think, has been overall good. But you look at Terrence Ross. At no point should Terrence Ross only have five shot attempts. I don't care if he's one of five from the field. Get him some more shots. Fournier ends up with a very deceiving 19 points on 8 of 16 shooting. That was the most uh, bewildering, dumb fuckery ever to... They flashed the graphic in the fourth quarter with Evan Fournier's uh, Oh, I didn't stats. even notice the graphic. No. And you go, how is this fucker 50% from the field? Because there's no way. No, I And that's the same kind of regular season stuff that we noted, too. I mean, he had the team high four turnovers in that game. But Aaron Gordon, solid game. Can't really complain. 25 points, 10 of 17 shooting. Vooch, he had another rough one. Uh, 5 of 14 from the field. 
started so promising. Yeah, Isaac doesn't make a shot. He's 0-4 from the field. And, look, the Magic shoot 42% for the game, a really bad 7-33 from three. And you just look at that, and there's just it's really, really tough to win a game like that. But, anyway, I, I had some very interesting stuff happen to me at Harry Buffalo. So, uh, I, I'm outside on the outdoor uh, set. Okay. I, I mean, on the outdoor. It's on Church Street. Yeah. So, not only did the Watch Party Amway Center have an outdoor TV, so did the one outside Harry Buffalo, just down like a stone's throw away from Church Street, yeah. basically, or on Church Street from the arena. But the TV, the big TV screen, like craps out. So a couple times they actually had to switch out panels. Uh-oh. So I'm doing like this back and forth where I'm looking at the TVs inside and then going back outside. Um, there weren't many people outside. I will say that there's a uh, there's a likelihood that uh, for our few Canadian listeners that are out there, because I see you on SoundCloud, I see the statistics, you're out there, you've been listening, but uh, there's a very high likelihood that I'm on some French-Canadian TV station, or TV channel. Are you? Yeah, because this uh, woman was filming uh, my group, our, our, our little group for, uh, I was celebrating a, a friend's birthday, happy birthday, Dean, but uh, this lady just, because I apparently, she told me this, I have very uh, animated Facial expressions and hand gestures, That's which true. is very true. Yeah. So I'm probably going to look like an idiot. And I swear to God, I'm still sober at this point. I'm only about one or two beers into this game. So I'm very sober during this point. But I, uh, yeah, it's it's not my finest moment. But Maybe it is your finest moment. <laughs> it's not. Okay. <laughs> because a couple times I'm literally like raising my hands up on a couple of BS ref calls where they're calling a defensive foul. Yeah. And it's like... His chest isn't hanging out. He's got his hands up, and I'm just playing with my hands up, and I look like a mime, basically. Second quarter, uh, well, the Magic, they're only down 28-26 after one quarter. Crowds, crowds sounded amazing on TV, from what I could hear from uh, from the uh, audio that was being played. The crowd sounded great on TV. Second quarter, Isaac picks up his third foul, just couldn't, couldn't get into the game at all. We do get a Jarrell Martin sighting that wasn't garbage time related. Jarrell Martin... Energetic start to uh, to to yeah, that second yeah, quarter. A great minute. He gets a block, a huge offensive rebound, and then buries a corner three, and we're tied at thirty-one, thirty-one. It's like, all right, give me the Jarrell Martin game. Let's go. And that didn't really pan out. So my favorite is when Jarrell Martin checked in for the second time and promptly lost whoever it was, probably Norman Powell, I think, who <laughs> came around and gave up a three. So like, oh well, all right, we got ninety seconds out of him, and that's all we can get. Um, so second chance points becomes an issue in this game. And then Kawhi hits a three. Raptors are up 50 to 41 with three minutes until the half. Magic, I think I saw Josh Robbins posted that in this game four, the Magic had 12 uh, designated open threes, which is, I guess, nobody's within four to six feet of them on defense. Mm -hmm. And they missed all 12 of those looks from three. Yeah, that won't cut it. So you can't miss wide open threes. And without Isaac on the floor, they couldn't defend Toronto either. So that was a problem. But uh, the Raptors, they went up uh, 58-42 at the half. Kawhi's got 18 points in 18 minutes. Siakam, a cool 12 points. No Magic Man is in double figures. The Magic are a, a, a tro- atrocious 2 of 14 from three. Third quarter, Lowry hits a three. Raptors are up 17, then down 19. And then at this point, I leave Harry Buffalo. I go to Wall Street. I try to go to Hooch because like, since that worked out pretty well for game one, yeah. we actually go on a little bit of a run <laughs> for a very brief moment. We're down uh, 75-62 late in the third. Um, 
And then Kawhi just he kept scoring. Twelve of his thirty points or whatnot, or thirty plus points were were in that third quarter. AG had a sixteen point third quarter, so single handedly kept keeping, us in it. Yeah, and then you hate to say it, but the the killer was Evan Fournier. He, he misses a, a wide open three. Would that, have cut it to seven. Yep. And, and just couldn't quite recapture it from there. And because Toronto's been so damn good at two for ones this series. Oh yeah. So you talk about uh, execution out of the little timeout there to go perfect two for one. What a killer that was. Yeah. So uh, Ross gets another buzzer beating three. This time a little bit closer. Not quite at half court this yeah. time. But we're down to 82-70 going to the fourth. I'm not feeling good at this point. And, you know, the crowd, again, they brought it to start the fourth. They're going nuts for the Star Wars intro. And just as you think the Magic are about to cut it to single digits, either Abaka or Norman Powell scores. And just the Magic coughed up too many turnovers between MCW and Ross. Kawhi gets another bucket to put up Toronto by 17. Game over. Magic lose 107-85. And again, another situation in Game 4 where maybe the Magic should have uh, dedicated more minutes to their starters in this instance. I mean, you're, this is kind of your survival game at this point. And instead of just sticking with some of your bench guys too long, like, do you really need to play MCW 15 minutes? I don't know. Yeah, I would have argued, too, that even um, leaving Isaac out there in spite of the early foul trouble just because there's no better option, you know? Yeah, so for the first time ever in Raptors history, Toronto is up 3-1 in a series. I saw that off of somebody on Raptors Twitter, so that kind of surprised me. That includes uh, a couple of those Vince Carter years, I guess. Hmm. But um, it looks like we're going down the 2012 path right now. It's not over, it but look that way. it's uh, it's not looking too good right now. It, it just sucks because this team's way better than that 2012 team that crashed out to the Pacers. Also, this Raptors team, way better than that Pacers team, I would say. Yeah. Despite, you know, how well Vogel coached them up, etc. Especially going to, up against the Heat and whatnot. Can but I, can I say a negative thing? Because we're gonna we're gonna diverge here. I go think. for it. I have a feeling we're gonna diverge. Okay. But, uh, on a positive note, the I would say the two best and most consistent performers all series long have been Aaron Gordon and Jonathan Isaac. So moving forward, that bodes well for the team. Uh, cornerstones and main foundational pieces succeeding as the pressure grows, right? I yeah. mean, that's good. Yeah. Um, but on the whole, mm-hmm. I think it's frustrating as fans that we're watching the same game every game in the series. It's the same issues that keep cropping up and the same uh mistakes that are plaguing us so as a fan that's frustrating yeah but as somebody who's analyzing the team i think it's it's the series is shaping up to be exactly what we expected we hoped it would not be this way i mean look you said raptors in five i'm sure obviously you didn't pick the magic to take game one i think you would have said the magic would have taken one of the home games but you picked raptors in five a lot of people picked raptors in a gentleman sweep or something I picked Raptors in seven because I thought Kyle Lowry would shit himself, which in fairness, he he mostly has. But I also said Toronto has enough talent that they can overcome that. And just between Kawhi and Siakam, they've done that. And it's, I mean, look, it's at the end Because they have the two best players on the court. They have the talent advantage and the playoffs, as we know, are all about matchups. And it's a favorable matchup for the Raptors. It is. It, it's our worst matchup. We would have been better off against Philly, against Milwaukee, against Boston, I think. So here's the shitty thing I'm going to say, and I apologize to all the <laughs> listeners out there for, for 
thinking this way. Uh-oh. Maybe because it's Earth Day, we're worried about carbon footprint. or whatever. I kind of feel bad that the whole team has to fly back up there just to get their asses kicked in Game 5. Should we just call it in? No. Should we phone it in? No. Fuck no. Okay. Not with this team. All Come right. on, man. Look, right. there's guys that are fighting for their careers. They're going to fight. There's guys They're going to fight. There's guys that are fighting for the careers. And look, Clifford, he's saying all the right stuff in every post game yeah. and every pregame. He's saying all the right stuff. Now, I don't know what's going on from an X's and O perspective. I don't know what's going on from a yeah. rotation perspective. But he sounds like a very logical person when he says, you know, oh, hey, we can say we can fight like hell and and say, like, oh, we got to win game five or we, or we got to win two in Toronto or whatever to win the series. And then he'll be like, well – and then we'll go up there, and by the third quarter, we're getting our asses kicked. We're getting blown out. Or we can actually ha- you know, actually fight. Yeah. So we're going to see which team shows up. And He's doing all he can. Look, the problem for Clifford is that he doesn't have the horses in the back or the front. He's got no horses. <laughs> he's, he's, you he's sly got, bastard. He's, oh, got no, he's doing all he can. Oh, man. He's saying the right things. He's competent as a coach. You watch the – you see that they're, the schemes are there, but the execution – that's on the players. Yeah, no, and look, we'll we'll see for game five. I'm hoping that the Raptors think it's over because them thinking that it's over, they, I mean, honestly, we're seeing now when they brought the effort that they didn't bring in game one, they played damn well. Yeah. So I'm hoping that game one type of team shows up in game five. And I'll say this too, if they win game five. Also, maybe Drake shows up and they lose. They win game six, right? I, I mean, if, if they You have if to they do it. You together, have to do it. Yeah. Like, look, the Magic, since Amway Center opened on 10-10-2010, the Magic are now 2-5 and all-time in playoff games at Amway Center. The two wins came in our 2011 six-game series loss to the Hawks where Mike Bianchi called the Hawks bird, or bird brains or whatever and jinxed us forever. Yeah. I still I will hold that over his head forever. But, look, I know that people are pissed that the Magic took game one and all of us got hope and we raised expectations and whatnot. And there's people that are saying, now, oh, we should have tanked. We should have never made it to the playoffs. You know, we screwed ourselves out of a chance at a top three pick. That's crap, okay? Well, when I when we when we did our series preview, mm-hmm. I said five games. Yeah. But I said, this is valuable. A, let's get a moment out of it. Yeah. So as fans, we got the DJ Augustine We shot, got game one. Game one's a moment. Which is by far... In a way, a singular moment, top five in playoff. It is. History. No, it is. I mean, right? even David Steele and right? Jeff, like yeah. David's Jeff, everyone's yeah. talked about. It. And honestly, you can argue top three. Like you can talk third or fourth. Like yeah. it's a strong top five candidate. So, so you get your win. You get your signature moment. You get playoff experience for your young budding stars. You figure out now what you're going to do in the offseason with some of your free agents. It's invaluable for decision-making from the front office perspective. our fans needed a playoff appearance so bad. And all these people that are saying the Magic should have tanked, I'm willing to bet that a lot of them don't buy tickets to the games. At least they're not anywhere near close season ticket holders. I'm willing to bet a lot of them don't watch... 60 70 80 games a year every year for the last seven years either or that as well but look we'll we'll dive into evaluations and recap etc if and when we get eliminated yep let's get into the magical moments what if i told you disney didn't own every tale that the best basketball stories actually reside in orlando Magical Moments The Life and Times of Two Central Florida Men A Penny and Pops Production One knocked out of his hands by Lewis 
This is Turpaloo feeding Evans with a dunk. Refs need a quick timeout, Leo. Another offensive rebound and a putback. White Howard, he has just feasted off offensive rebounds around the cylinder in this series. It's an excellent job. It's one of the few times in this game that the weak side hasn't stepped up to meet Dwight Howard on that roll. DJ Ford, four assists. Continuation on a dunk count and a foul. Rashard Lewis in one. Howard, banging away with Bosch. Off the glass. Dwight Howard. What do we got here, Leo? Mark Davis. Chris Bosch has got to settle yeah. down. Sam Mitchell just ran out in the court. Bosch is lucky. He didn't get a, sec a second tee. He went after Mark Davis. And Sam Mitchell better be careful. You want to go after Dwight Howard. There's a big money shot by Jamir Nelson. Timeout. Raptors. I think it's going to be interesting to see how Stan Van Gundy plays this. Bogans. Back trays for the Orlando Magic. Raps come down to the bucket. Orlando answers for three. This ball game is over. Magic beat the Raptors in five games. 102-92. Story time, Penny. What do you got in your hand? What I have in my hand is a document that proves that one year we did win a game five. Against Toronto. Against Toronto. I have a ticket for... Monday, April 28th at 7.30 p.m., mm -hmm. the prime time. Section 222 at a very cost-effective $31. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, what 11 years does to, to inflation. God. 222, a great section, by the way, it's in a, the older It's arena. a respectable, it's technically a corner section. Corner view, but no obstruction, Nothing. no collusion, no obstruction by the backboard. <laughs> no. Great view. Great view. Well, everything was a great view, but a great view there. Roque, yep. strong, good section. Yep. Uh, so the Magic, they uh, they end up claiming this series against the Raptors by winning Game 5, 102-92. If you've heard the past uh, podcast, you know about Game 1 and Game 2, how the Magic won those at home, because we were at those. And then uh, the Magic did end up taking a, a game up in Toronto, so they closed it out in Game 5 in Orlando, 102-92. Uh, the series clincher, it's the first playoff series that the Magic have had won since 1996, so about a dozen years. So for the seven-year wait people during this tank series, you know, obviously the Magic have had stars in between that 96 and 08 season, right. but uh, you know, as far as playoff success goes, it could be worse. So. Yeah, a lot of pent-up uh, frustration got released that day. Hito Turkoglu, before the game, accepted his 2007-2008 Most Improved Player Award. And literally directly in front of us were sitting uh, these uh, obnoxious Toronto Raptor fans. You might have forgotten this, but I also forgot it because my memory is crap. But I have YouTube videos out. And uh, let's just say we are very happy that once uh, the final minute or two minutes hit and they leave, uh, we had a lot of fun yelling at them a little bit. So not in like a terrible, terrible manner. Just happiness, like yeah. go home, you go back go. to Toronto. You, you gotta go. You and the red Chris Bosch jersey, go <laughs> home. So, um, but the whole game, it just felt like it was a screaming contest between us and the people in front of us. Uh, not directly at us, but just like after each play, etc. Uh, but the uh, the Magic, they they were led again by Dwight Howard. Just an easy 21 points, 21 rebounds. 
I never take those games for granted, but a lot of people do. Uh, but Again, another 2020 it's unbelievable. that we see in person. Yeah, uh, <laughs> just unbelievable. Yeah. Hito didn't have a great game. Uh, 4 of 13, 12 points, 8 boards and 9 assists, though. So that's how you fill the stat sheet. Ben yeah. Simmons, though. Rashard Lewis, 18 points, 13 rebounds. A rare double-double game for him. Uh, Jameer, 19 points. Mo Evans, bringing it, man. Fifth starter, 12 points. Keith Bogans, maybe his best game of that uh, uh, of his Magic tenure, maybe. At least for a game that mattered. But, I mean, he only shot 4 of 11, but he had some key shots. Uh, 11 points, 6 rebounds off the bench. Again, 8-man uh, bench rotation going on here. Uh, Keon Dooling had nine points off the bench for us. As far as the Raptors go, Chris Bosh, bad game for him. 7-19, 16 points. Uh, TJ Ford, maybe his only good game of the series. I can't recall, but he had 14 points. And then that damn Raptor bench again just kept them in it. Not as bad as uh, as prior games, but you know, Capono had 13. Carlos Delfino had 14. Jose Calderon had 12. Again, I think Kyle Lowry's worse than all of them when it comes to flopping, but... Yeah. Uh, the Magic, they uh, they played some tight games uh, throughout this series against the Raptors. But honestly, you just always felt, especially in the home games, that we were the better team. And it just goes to show that, I mean, this current, if you circle back to 2019 now, you look at all that playoff experience that the Raptors have, it's really become a big deal. Especially when you have like guys that have been finals MVPs are very close to being finals MVPs. You have a few defensive player of the years on that roster. And it just goes to show that experience really can carry a long way, especially when you got guys in their prime still. Right. But anyway, these final minutes of the game, very, very enjoyable. Uh, in pure turkey dance fashion, Hito hits a dagger dunk to uh, gets a dagger dunk to put us up 99-87 without a, about a minute to go. I already said those obnoxious Raptors fans immediately left after that. Fat guy during the timeout is in his cape. He's out at midcourt running around until security literally actually coaxes him (laughs) off. So he got invited on, and then he didn't want to come off. So you just got to wave him off. Um, In pure uh, good stuff, not fat, not skinny stuff fashion, prime stuff fashion, stuff dresses up as the Grim Reaper and is walking toward the Toronto bench as he's looming over them during their final huddle. And I had fun with this series. Uh, obviously, it wouldn't go so well when we played Detroit the next round. But you see the uh, the investment in Richard Lewis that we gave him the summer prior was very much paying off. And you see that Stan Van Gundy and that coaching staff was doing work. Well, for a fan, too, you hate to say it because everyone loves a sweep, but five-game series is the best way to win it when you get three wins at home. You oh, know? yeah. So yeah. you get to enjoy three home wins on, on, in the atmosphere every time, and you steal one on the road. Uh, and this, there's no reason that this current team can't be on the same trajectory. You look at that, that 2009, 2008 team. Uh, that, 2009 right? as well, yeah. Well, 2008 team, the year before, squeak into the playoffs out in a sweep yeah come back the next year they have accrued a little playoff experience the roster improves quite a bit yeah well their coaching staff improved too they well, went from brian true. hill to yeah. stan van gundy but, but continuity but, can help too oh yeah and another year in the system can help too well yeah we're gonna have steve clifford back for another season and whoever sticks around from this current playoff series going into next season they'll grow they'll have grown from it so we'll, we'll see how that goes but 
Um, I don't have anything else to say on this on this magical moments. I know the the super fan for the Raptors was there, I believe. <laughs> so he's been there now for 2019 and 2018, and it's pretty nice to be a millionaire and be able to sit courtside for every game for every single game. But for a decade, yeah, or longer. I think it's, yeah. it might be two decades now. I don't know. He's right. he's been he's been doing it for a long time, and he's he's a better good luck charm than Drake is. So here's the again Drake. <laughs> I don't think he wasn't in the first two games in Toronto. He hasn't been in any of these games. So I think he's been doing this on purpose so that he doesn't jinx the Raptors. Here's him showing up for game five because he wants to celebrate it probably, and hopefully that screws him over. Anyway, speaking of Dwight, so we're done with Magical Moments. Speaking of Dwight, he opted into his uh, player option to stay with the Wizards another season, just $5.6 million. And it's just amazing how how bad the fall's been for him. And – Look, he's 33, but he's moving around like he's like 50 almost at this point on the court when he actually is playing, which is very rare lately. So. Yeah, I mean, I think it's possible that he doesn't play again in the NBA, and that's kind of sad. That'd be baffling to me, honestly. Look, he's he can definitely make a ton of money in China, or he can at least have fun in China. But he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's a lock for the Hall of Fame. Only just for his magic years, basically. Obviously, you need some longevity when it comes to that. But you look at... Those three straight Defensive Player of the Year awards. He's got those first-team All-NBAs. He's got all those All-Star appearances. I mean, it's it's crazy that he went from what he was to Orlando to as soon as he got that real bad back injury that kept him out of the 2012 playoffs, it was pretty much it's pretty much been over. He's been moved around everywhere. He might play, end up playing for every Southeast Division team at this rate. But There's no question he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, and also Magic fans might not want to admit it still, but... Taking into account longevity, he's the best player in franchise history. He is. No, he is. I mean, look, Shaq, in his four years, if you look at him on a per-yearly basis, we're better than right. Dwight's, but yep. Dwight doubled his tenure. Yeah. So, um, And we'll see how that plays out for him, but he's it's it's been a big fall for him ever since he left Orlando. But uh, Any thoughts going into Game 5 now? Well, you heard my pessimistic view, so uh, my hope is that they keep it close and make it respectable. It would be nice to have a strong showing and not uh, have the team fold going into the offseason. Let's keep the, the mojo positive as we continue to improve the team. I Look, I said Raptors in seven, so I'm going to say the Magic win game five and game six. I'm going to keep my optimism going. I want to keep my banner in my backyard as much as possible. One, because yeah. it's, a, it's a pain to put it up and take <laughs> it down. But two, I like looking at my banner. It's fun. It's fun to have the stuff all around town. It's fun to have the, the big window clings on all the skyscrapers or, you know, yeah. I mean, come on. I Let's mean, keep it going. You have the uh, miniature Statue of Liberty getting dressed up. Right. Like, remember when we threw like a shirt on there one of those years? So it's great that people keep that stuff going. But look, I it, it, for the Magic to win on uh, Game Five, it's going to have to be multiple Magic guys that show up. It can't it can't be one or two guys. Like Vooch might have to drop a thirty point game. You're going to need Terrence Ross to go off, and you, th- then you're going to need one of Isaac or or Aaron Gordon to at least hit their open shots. And then if you get something from either Fournier or Augustine, we're going to win that game. But you need a lot to happen, and it hasn't happened. But like I said, I think Toronto's attitude going into this Game 5 will make will have them believing that this series is, all, is already over. And if that happens, I think we're going to take it. So... We appreciate you listening to another episode. Please rate our podcast five stars. 
Positive reviews certainly help. And, of course, please subscribe. Tweet at us uh, your questions and feedback. Penny, what's your Twitter handle? At. <laughs> I know we've been talking way too much, but sorry. Say, say the Twitter handle thing again, Penny. Still at Spencer Strode. And I'm at Papa Giorgio MBO. Look, if we lose game five and we get knocked out, we'll, uh, we won't be back till probably early next week just to kind of detox and, and, and recover a little bit and then just kind of do our, uh, our player evaluations and what maybe the Magic should look at doing going forward. And with that, go Magic, take care, and just win. Get